Hello, my friends, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10, and Interview Number 10 of Ever Present with Sherry Beckerson. This is the final episode of this Game Changer series, and I feel I'm closing this off with a pretty amazing human being. Talking about Game Changers, today I have with me someone who knows how to be a true Game Changer. Robbie Santos is a world champion skipper. Yes, skipper, guys. When I found this out, I had to know more. He holds the title of 24 world championships and has traveled all around the world collecting his gold medals. He was born and raised an American man, and not only does he hold world champion status, he also holds a pretty heavy and traumatizing start into the world. Robbie is here to share how he has battled adversity, learned to master discipline, and how he used his painful beginnings and success to be the man he has become today. So it is my absolute honor to welcome Robbie Santos to Ever Present. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. So Robbie, okay, world champion skipper. This is just amazing. Let's start off by giving some back history. Can you just tell the listeners what motivated your passion for skipping and how did this all really begin for you? Uh, there was a lot that went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up in the foster care system um, in Ohio. Okay. Um, I was... American yeah. boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I came up in the system. I was five years old. Um, I actually have a biological brother and sister. Um, okay. I was separated from them on one random day when there was a knock on the front door and there were cops standing at the door. Oh, wow. You remember it? Oh, yeah. I remember all How of it. How old were you? Um, I was five. Oh, wow. So, okay. Um, yeah, they, uh, they put me in one car and they put my siblings in another car and that was the last I saw them for... I want to say months, but who knows? It could have been days. It could have been weeks. Right, I don't know. Right. It was pretty traumatizing, and it was oh, it was a lot to take in as a five-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, especially, my parents weren't even there, so oh, it was wow. I was staying with some random person, and okay. the cops showed up, and that was that. Wow. So. And you remember it, so I find that because you were so young, but you oh, remember. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was actually just having a conversation with my mom uh, earlier today mm-hmm. about. Just everything that happened. Right. I, surprisingly, I always think that I might be over-exaggerating things or like remembering things incorrectly, but I was pretty spot on from what my mom was telling me even right. earlier And that's today, your so. foster or your That's my adoptive, adoptive mom. mom. That is like my mom. Right. She's, Absolutely. We're not related by blood, but holy smokes, like Absolutely. she's my mom. I love so. that. Awesome. And so with your, with your passion for skipping, so this happened to you, you are now what age when you are introduced to jump rope? Uh, I was nine years old. Um, I went through a bunch of foster homes between the ages of five and eight. Um, that's when my mom found out that I was there. I was out there in the system. The system wanted to keep us separated because, uh, I had, I don't want to say control problems, okay. but I, my siblings are two years younger and three years younger than I am. Okay. So even at the age of five, I was put in a position of taking care of them essentially because right. my parents would come and go and we would be staying with random people for days at a time. Wow. Um, so they wanted to keep us separated and I don't exactly know the reason, mm-hmm. but my parents went and they battled the state of Ohio in children's services for 
18 months. Wow. I'm trying to convince them to let them foster me and then eventually adopt all three of us. Wow. And Um, that's what's happened? Yep. Oh, I love that. All three of us were adopted together into the same family and God bless my parents because Mm -hmm. they had four kids of their own. Oh my. Yeah. They took on three additional. Wow. Absolutely. God bless them. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So then at nine, you end up learning about jump rope and you fall in love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I was nine years old and it was a community show that a local jump rope team was putting on. It was free admission. And it was just like, I think my mom was to the point where it was like, let's just get the kids out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go entertain them somehow. Yeah. And, uh, I remember it. There was a a jumper. His name was Deshaun Coleman. Mm -hmm. Um, he did a round off back tuck with a jump rope okay. and I was hooked. Right. Um, you were like, I'm going to do that one day. Yep. I looked at my I mom and I said, that's what I want to do. Wow. So on the way out, she bought me a jump rope for $3 and 25 cents. <laughs> that's it. Changed that's, your life. Oh, absolutely. I love that's it. That's all I did. I was freaking hooked. Right. That's so, so good. Um, and well, okay. So, I mean, you were really young. You were, you said five years old. So that must've been really in, extremely hard for you because you said basically you didn't get adopted back. It was basically three years, three or four years without seeing your siblings. Do you remember how that felt? Oh yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. Like I knew that I had siblings, but it got to the point where I didn't have faith in reconnecting with them right or being in the same place with them again um so like i was essentially i was just lost i was i was confused i didn't know what was going on i didn't have any control of anything that was going Mm -hmm. on like i wasn't the greatest kid (laughs) given my past i was very difficult to deal with right very difficult to raise um so i I guess if I really wanted to, I could look up the number of homes that I went through. But right. at this point, it doesn't matter. I went right. through homes and I'm here now. So. And you're here now. And but actually... I just, yeah, I remember every couple of weeks just, all right, you're gone. Because wow. like I, I was a difficult child to deal with. Right. I was, like I said, I was lost. I was confused. I was angry. I Well, no, no wonder you were even at five. You said that you remember having to kind of take care of your younger siblings. So you yeah. had adult responsibilities at a, yeah, at a baby yeah. age. <laughs> Yeah, and I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any control. And then once my mom showed me what jump rope was and I could control a physical lock, I could control the jump rope itself. Yeah. Like I was hooked. And it only took a short period of time before I looked my mom in the eyes and I said, I'm going to be the best at this. Wow, I love it. Okay, so that's what I was actually kind of going to say. I was going to say, you know, do you think that your desire to be the best really stems from, you know, wanting that control since you initially didn't really feel that you had that when it, you know, in the beginning years of your life? Yeah, 100%. I not having control of my life essentially just being so young Mm -hmm. and not really knowing what the system was or what to expect or anything like that. Jump rope was the one thing that, like I could control right, and all of the pain that I was feeling just emotionally and mentally, I like, I channeled that. Mm-hmm. I took like all the anger and like feelings and emotions that I had and I put it into, I'd like to say the most productive and positive physical pain that I could. Right. I embraced the suck. Yeah. I like, to say. I like that. Um, I... Whenever I was sad, I would jump rope. Whenever I was angry, I would jump rope. Whenever I was anxious or overwhelmed or lost, 
jump rope was like my escape. Right. Was, I love that. It's so important though, and, and especially at that age, right, to have an actual positive outlet. Yeah. And thank goodness you had something that, you know, driv- drove you to want to be the best at something so yeah. that you could, you know, release that type of, those types of emotions. I think it's so important. Yeah. Um, and so you're excelling at the sport. You're young. You're nine years old. What was the age of your first win, your first championship? Boy, uh, so my first championship uh, was a grand national championship. In, I think it was 2004. Um, okay. I won my first one. It was a national championship, and that literally only like fueled my fire. Yeah. That once I got that first taste of victory, I was like, "It's game time." And how long after you started jumping was that? So uh, you were what? How old? I was nine years old. I was thirteen. When you won? When wow. I won my first national championship. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I went to my first world championship later that summer. Um, I placed second. But right. again, and I think even, even that in itself, talking to my mom, um, I was not happy I got second place. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy. Um, usually like the jump rope season, you, you get 10 months of training and then mm-hmm. it all comes down to three days of competition. And um, I don't think I took a day off for probably 10 years. Wow. Because the second, like I won that national championship and then... When I got second at the world championships, don't get me wrong, I was excited. Yeah. But holy smokes. <laughs> I I didn't take a day off. I came back and the championships were in Australia. So oh, we got back from Australia and the next day I was back out in the driveway in the garage Practicing. where I'm just going for it. Right. Wow. So. And such a young age. But you know what? When I think of elite athletes you know like michael jordan i don't know if you've seen the last dance i watched the documentary on netflix but it just shows his commitment his discipline his consistency you know he had he needed a whole lot of heart a whole lot of faith and it sounds like that's exactly what you you had at such a young age but um, i mean he did as well right so can you just share where you feel your discipline really came from and what gave you that drive and that commitment yeah absolutely uh it came from my mom and dad yeah um, my adoptive parents, they, I always tell people, like, they broke me like a wild horse. Right. Like, I was, like I said, I was angry. I was spastic. I was just all over the place yeah. emotionally and everything like that. And they, I don't want to say broke me down to my core, mm-hmm. but essentially they did. Right. In the most loving way. Like, they, I remember when I would get in trouble, timeouts never worked. Right. <laughs> so my mom had a pile of bricks, mm-hmm. 300 bricks on a pallet stacked perfectly right and instead of put me in a corner she would look at me and say i don't like that stack of bricks there i want them over there (laughs) so i would restack the bricks 10 feet away oh wow and then she would say i changed my mind i like them back where they were so it's just for her that's that's wise (laughs) she's she's a beautiful human being and so is my dad Mm -hmm. um and it's it's stuff like that and even like there was never they never gave me an inch because I still am the type of person, you give me an inch, I'll freaking take it take a mile. 26.2 miles. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, they, they pushed me hard. They never gave up on me and they like, they followed through with me. And I think that's what helps push me to follow through with mm. whatever I set my mind to. Yeah. So. I like that. I think it's so important too, right? You, having people in your corner, having people that you know will be there for you no matter what and that won't take the BS. They won't put up with it. And <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, those 
My parents, they're freaking angels. Oh, yeah. They're, they're great humans. Well, seven, seven children. Yeah. Wow. And they, they willingly adopted three right. wild animals, yeah. in air quotes, into their <laughs> home. And oh, that's so good. I love it. Um, it just, yeah, discipline. It's it's so important. And you said, you know, in the most loving way. And, and that's what I, I see discipline as love, right? And as kids, we need it. I mean, all children need it. They need that safety. And I think sometimes parents can try to maybe be a friend or want to, you know, want to please their child or whatnot. But children need a bedtime. Children need yeah. to know their structure. Children need routine, right? So it's it brings safety yeah. and security. Definitely. So I'm glad you got that. Um, discipline, it's the bridge between goals and accomplishments, Jim Rohn says. So um, I think it's a great skill that was driven into you. <laughs> and it clearly helped you succeed. Yep, it worked, I'd like to think. So. Oh, for sure. And do you think that your start in life um, really impacted why you set such high expectations? Like you said, you wanted to be the best. You were not, you didn't even, you weren't happy with second place. So do you think your start in life really kind of impacted that? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I didn't have control over, like I said before, where I was, where I was going. I only had control of what I channeled my energy yeah. into and my focus. Um, and my parents were never well off. We, I mean, they raised seven kids. Right. So I didn't have the nicest shoes. I always had shoes and clothes. Yeah. They were never the nicest or anything like that. And mm -hmm. so when other kids at school and my friends and stuff were comparing their shoes or their clothes or the cars their parents drove and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I was comparing myself with, okay, cool. Well, you won a world championship yet? Yeah. Like, like, I was, have medals. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need the physical stuff. Right. I don't need the physical things. Good. I have like, I have my abilities and I have my successes mm -hmm. and that's all I need. I, I don't like it. I don't need anything else. Yeah. Awesome. Your skills, right? Um, and they say the pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's why, like, when it comes to jump rope, I never, I don't regret anything I did with the mm -hmm. sport because I always, again, I wanted to be the best. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted other people to know my name. Ah. Is I don't want it to sound arrogant or no, cocky, no. but there was a certain level of confidence and like, well, if I'm not going to be the richest man in the world, I'm going to be the most successful in what I do. At this thing. Yeah. Yeah. At this one thing. And I think it's cool though, because it proves that, you know, you, you focus enough on something and you, you, you commit to something, you discipline yourself enough and you really can be the best at it. Oh. Definitely. At what, what you're desiring, right? So what top three things, if, if you could pick three things, would you share with someone who may have a big dream, just like you, you had a big dream and you were setting yourself to it, um, that brought you right into the end of your 20s, right? You're only yep. retired like two years ago. So um, they have a big dream. They're desiring more for themselves, but they're feeling stuck. They're maybe struggling with discipline. They're struggling with those self-sabotaging thoughts. I'm sure you had them throughout your life. Um, yeah, that's taking them away from achieving those goals. How, you know, did you persevere to achieve all those medals? It, I don't really know, but mm -hmm. like things are hard for a reason. Yeah. And if everything was easy, everybody would be successful. So that's good. you got to dig deep and you've got to be your own champion mm -hmm. each day. Just because you don't win on a daily basis doesn't mean you don't win on an hourly basis. Mm. Um so you just got to dig deep and be your own champion. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of doubters in the world. There's a lot of haters. Right. Let that fuel you. Um, don't let that affect your goals and where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like set a goal and conquer it. Right. Um, and just like any goal, you've got to dig really deep. Yeah. You've got to find that. I always went into a dark place whenever mm-hmm. I was struggling and whenever I really wanted to push for something. Right. Um, sometimes, yeah, it might have been self-sabotage. But again, I channeled that emotional and inner anger yeah and put it to physical use right um so yeah it's just digging deep and doing what you got to do yeah no it makes sense um what do you what did you mean you said you you would go into a dark place what does that mean did you like beat yourself up or i kind of did a lot of things um i would get into this place where it was almost like like a runner's high ah where I would just push myself so hard and just get into this mindset of like almost blacking out. Oh, wow. Um, like when I was training or even when I was competing, like, you know, I, I never heard the crowd. Okay. I never heard my teammates. I never heard anything. All I saw, it was like a, a pinhole. Wow. And it was just like my body, I just went into this space. Like a trance. Of, yeah. And it was like hmm. in that moment, there was no such thing as failure. Ah. It was, you're getting to the end of it, whether you like it or not. Right. And again, I think that kind of comes back to what my parents instilled in you. Yeah. yeah. Like they, you're they lifting every me, brick. Yeah. Until <laughs> they showed me what it was to, to finish something. Once you commit to it, there, there is no quit. Yeah. I like so. that. That's so good. And I really like how you started off by just saying, you know, things are hard for a reason. And I love that because I've just always believed there really is purpose and pain. And, uh, you're right. If, if things were easy, we'd all be just, you know, super successful at everything. Right. So I also think it's important, you, you know, you said that to be your own champion, but that if you can't win daily, you can even win hourly. And to me, that really speaks to me because I just remember, um, just chunking time. And I remember specifically when I was going through the loss of my brother, I would have, you know, you'd be, I could sleep face down. I would try to sleep as often as I could, um, just not wanting to be awake at all. But I could, you know, for an hour, get some laundry done. And it was like that simple accomplishment made me feel good for that little bit of a minute. So it was like, I was really down to the hour for a day. It was like, no, you're going to do that laundry. Then you have permission to just lay around and do nothing. So I can really relate to that. Yeah. There's a, a quote, I wish I could give credit to whomever said it, but mm-hmm. I don't remember off, offhand. Um, if 24 hours is too hard, break each day down into an hour. Mm-hmm. And if an hour is too hard, break each hour into 60 seconds. Right. That's Anybody good. can get through 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is get through the first one and focus on the next one. Yeah. And that's kind of what I learned at a really young age and have kind of done my best to stick to it. No, that's so good. And I think that's what pain does for us, right? Like it really brings us down to, we have to do that because, you know, we need to survive. We need to really take, you know, one step, literally one step at a time. Um, And sometimes that's one minute at a time. Awesome. So, okay. And we also hear, you know, people who, especially athletes or performers, when they, they hit their goal, they hit their peak, um, 
they almost feel lost after just this feeling of unfulfillment um, once they've done done the thing, right? So what's your experience with this? And you know, what are you doing now? I know that you're retired, but are you still using your skills or you know, has being a world champion, how has being this champion skipper influenced the man you are now? There's a lot to that. Yeah. As well. um, <laughs> uh, when I retired, uh, it took me right back to being five years old again. Like I was oh. lost. Um, having put so much time energy, effort, and like my whole being into one goal for almost 20 years. Right. um, I went off the deep end. Um, I struggled. I um, ended up thankfully finding somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, Len Ramsey, phenomenal human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked to him for just over a year. He's a former professional athlete himself. He was a nationally ranked Canadian road cyclist. Okay, Uh, awesome. He helped me just kind of like refocus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was never, I shouldn't say never. I'm not going to be a world champion at jump rope from now on, but I can be a world champion person. I can be the best Mm. world champion level of myself. Right. Um, I can be there for my family. I can be there for my friends. I can be there for, for anyone. I just mm-hmm. have to be the best at that. I like it. That's um, good. So that's what I'm focusing on now. And that's kind of what's led me to what I currently do. Um, mm-hmm. since I'm no longer a, a professional athlete, right. Um, I'm a professional coach. There you go. So, I like it. Is that what you're yeah. doing now? Yep. So I work um, at a circus school and a ninja warrior school. Oh, so um, fun. Oh, yeah. I get paid to act like I'm 10 years old. Yeah, right? <laughs> and yeah, just coach kids and just teach them what life has taught me. Oh, um, that's good. Again, like they don't have to be the world's greatest athlete, but they've got to be the world's greatest them. Right. Um, so just pushing them through and helping them conquer an obstacle or conquer a new um, ability or a new skill. Yeah. Um, just seeing them succeed really helps me just at the end of the day, like I, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, oh, that's it's so what good. I want to do for the rest of my life. And it's, it's great to just be around positive people and be around kids who just want to be the best person that they can right yeah and you can probably see yourself in them right as that young kid yeah yeah um and i think it makes so much sense that it's almost like you know you at 28 years old went through this identity crisis because you did you spent two decades of your life chasing this goal chasing this dream and making it about you know that's who you were so you really had to grieve that part of yourself yeah definitely i struggled a lot with that um i went through kind of like you had mentioned earlier, like just days where I didn't get out of bed. Yeah. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. Mm-hmm. I like, I struggled mentally so much and it just, again, I had to break it down into one hour yeah. segments of just like, okay, get up and shower. Right. Okay. Get up and go buy some groceries, get out and see the sun, yeah. go for a walk. Make yourself do it. Like, and it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And thank God for the people that I have in my life and the people that I've surrounded myself with because without them, whew, yeah, I don't want to think about just actually there's even, there's no point in thinking about it because mm-hmm. I'm here now and I'm succeeding. Right. Exactly. I, I love yeah. it. 
I love that. And small wins are just as important as big wins. And I think that your philosophy of just winning the day now, um, and it doesn't have to be about being this world champion, but you're, you're your own world champion every day, right? Yeah. Um, and it was you that said that to me, and it kind of sparked in me to think like, I want to be the best at like being grateful every day. And like, you want to win that day. And it's like, we all have the, the power to win our day. And I feel like it's that focus. And how can we do that? I think one thing that's so powerful is gratitude. So how can I be just like the most grateful person each and every day? And that's, yeah. you know, being, I think it's one, being present where your feet are. Um, and yeah, just making sure you're choosing that focus and, you know, just uh, making sure that you are uh, appreciating each moment. Right. And even just like taking a step back and I find myself like even I have to remind myself to stop moving, look up, yeah. take a deep breath, yeah. embrace the moment. Yeah. And Keep going with your day. Yeah. Conquer each day and be the best you can be. Yeah. And I think that's what my pain through my life has taught me the most. And that's why this is called Ever Present, this podcast, is just the key, I think, is if we can get as present as possible, it's so important, right? Definitely. And um, we're always trying to control a future. Or we're trying to, like, manipulate a past or whatnot. And we're, you know, really living in regret or we're living in this hope. And it's like we forget to live right here, right now. So... It's important. Um, okay, so in the podcast notes, I will definitely put um, the link to your YouTube with some of your routines, which I have seen and are absolutely fantastic. So hopefully um, listeners um, definitely go check that out. Do you have a social account? Uh, I do. I'm not super active on social media, but I do have some videos and um, whatnot posted. Okay. Um, yeah. I can put your, I can put that in the link as well. Um, and I like to always finish off with a quote. And today I chose from John Maxwell. John Maxwell is one of my favorite. He is like the grandfather I think everybody should have. Um, he's just so old and so wise and just, you know, he's a, a big man on leadership. And it, it's simple, but he says, motivation gets you going, it's, but discipline keeps you growing. And I think that's his main thing. And that's what this is all about, right? Is I think that's the purpose of discipline is to grow from it. We can grow from anything we go through. And Absolutely. you've chosen to really grow through what you've gone through. So I think it's awesome. And uh, I always ask one final question here <laughs> with um, being a Game Changer series. And you are my final interview here for this series. I want to know what three things have you learned in life so far that you consider to be game changers in how you live your life? Well, I mentioned it earlier, but... Embracing the suck is ah, key. so good. Like, as hard as it is, you got to get through it. You might as well embrace it yeah. and help it motivate you. Um, yeah, don't be surprised, right? Like, we all have to go through stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you never know what somebody else is going through as well. So yeah. if you ever see somebody else struggling or somebody else maybe not having the greatest time, help them out as well. Mm -hmm. um, Pay it forward. Yeah, and that kind of takes me into the next one um, is just being a role model. Um, and just, I always try and be the person that I needed 20 years ago. Yeah, that's good. So just, I try and be the best human I can be for the kids that I coach and the kids yeah. that I interact with. Um, and just also be a kid at yeah. the same time. <laughs> like find something you love, find what, doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Find something you love and be a kid, get excited like a like a like kid would. Kid. I like it. Yeah. Forever young. And then also just don't hide or run 
from your past or from your, whether it's positive or negative, don't hide from your past. Don't mm -hmm. run from it because you never know who you're going to help out with your story and you never know who you can relate to and impact Yeah. Um, given your past. It doesn't have to necessarily be the exact same story, but it might help somebody else understand what they're going through. Yeah, no, it's so true. I feel like I heard a quote that's like, you never know when you're writing someone else's survival guide, right? Yeah. So good. Um, awesome. Those are um, amazing nuggets of truth. And I think it's awesome. So thank you so much for sharing. Just, you know, your story, it's powerful. It's unique. I love that you say don't run from your past because sometimes we can be embarrassed by our past or, we can, or our paths or our families or our dynamics. And I think it's when we embrace exactly who we've come from, what we've come from and where we are now that we can, you know, pay it forward and do exactly what you're doing and it's using it for good. So I like that. So thank you so much for being here, Robbie. Thank you. Um, fun. Yeah, it's been great. And just, I hope everyone, you know, found value in Robbie's story right now. And just remember to check out the YouTube links um, of his routines attached. Thank you all so much for being part of this Game Changer series and listening. I hope through other stories and just the lessons that you realize the power of your own story and, and your own lessons. And I just firmly believe it's only in sharing that we can all really overcome and become better versions of ourselves. So stay tuned for July where I will be sharing a quote of the week series for the summer and using the power of words to just add value and encouragement into this world. So I hope you will join me. Remember, I love you. I believe in you and go out there and be a game changer. Bye guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, this final episode of this Game Changer series. I hope that you found it valuable, and if you did, don't hesitate to share it with a friend. I hope you can take some of Robbie's philosophy of being a world champion of your day forward with you, remembering that we're always suffering from only two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. But the pain of discipline weighs ounces, where the pain of regret weighs tons. So get out there, be the best version of you. I hope you know I love you, I believe in you, and God bless you.